It's my pleasure to share with you part two of my interview with Eli, one of my students who scored a 173 on the June 2022 LSAT exam, having started out in the 150s. In this interview, we specifically discussed balancing work with studying for the LSAT exam, assessing your feelings before and after the exam, because the way you feel before and after could just be butterflies or it could be something else, right? It's not always easy to tell, but we want to be able to manage our emotions so we can make the right choices. Um, Meditation, which is a really great tool as you're prepping for the exam and even something you might be able to use during the break. Um, And of course, dealing with distractions during the PTs and of course, any distractions that might come up during the exam. I hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the JDLSAT and Admissions Podcast. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. In each episode, we discuss key habits you can master to study smarter and save time to raise your LSAT score and your chance of law school admissions. our listeners about what it's like to prepare for this and work and, and in particular right you you still got whatever you call it a pt every week yeah i mean definitely challenging uh to fit it in with my schedule and i imagine it is for a lot of people who are preparing for the lsat <laughs> you know whether you're working full-time or still some people in undergrad maybe are preparing for this studying mm-hmm. and going to go do it right away whatever it is but yeah, I work full time as a paralegal at a nonprofit. Sometimes a lot of overtime, mm-hmm. like <laughs> uh, so very full days, very stressful days. Um, do like translation and like a lot of kind of like draining work. I would say like mentally and emotionally. Um, so weekends are usually like my downtime, and they became like my LSAT time. <laughs> um, I tried to do. LSAT work after work, but I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be, to be honest. Like I, Ooh. there were many weeks where the only practice I did was I did a PT. Like most we do what? just did a PT and yeah. a blind review. Like there, I, I hardly did any, you know, like just like problem sets, right? Like t- I, I didn't do just like time sections or I did much less of that than I wanted to do. Or I did do the top 10, right? Practicing like the top 10 most difficult. Uh, oh, like, thanks for mentioning that. But, but aside from that very little, I didn't do any time sections and RC or LR, you know, I, or very few, maybe at the very beginning of studying, but mostly it was one PT a week on the weekend. That's really what I could fit in and usually not even an experimental and then doing the blind review. But that I was uncompromising on. Like there were only a couple weeks that I missed a PT. And so I think for me, it was helpful to have that one like like thing, like I'm, I'm definitely gonna do the PT, even if I don't do the other practice throughout the week. And it was hard to preserve time for it. Like I didn't always do it at the same time. I wanted mm-hmm. to, but I didn't end up doing that. Um, uh, but ultimately, I don't know if I'd have it any other way. Like when I 
when I self-taught, self-taught the first time before I did my first um, exam, I was working only part-time, like, like three days a week, I think. And I had a lot more time to practice, but I actually felt this was like weirdly a better balance. <laughs> like it was almost nice to not be so in the LSA. <laughs> um, yeah, I think balance is important. I actually had a conversation with my mom right after I got my score telling her that, oh, I wish I feel like I didn't give it my total all, you know, like I missed some PTs. I didn't always do the practice that I should have done. Um, didn't practice enough logic games. Feel like I could have gotten even higher, you know, if I, if I practiced better. And I said, I was trying to, I was balancing so many things. And she was like, I think you did do the best you could do because yeah. if you didn't maintain balance. Maybe you wouldn't have done as well. And I thought that that was a really good point. And since then I've kind of been at peace with it a little bit more, but it's funny on the other end, right? I get a lot of students who, and it's cool. If you have the time, you have the time. If you have the ability in life to maybe you're off for a summer and you don't have a summer job, or maybe you just right out of school and you could stay with parents and you could just study for the LSAT for six months. Um, I have people in that position and I especially right. had them during the pandemic because the pandemic just really, when it was in the teeth, it really threw things up. But like so that, that can, it's a, it's a, there are advantages to that. But there are disadvantages. One of the disadvantages is, are, right, like, your whole world becomes the LSAT. And it's, you know, I mean, for your whole world to be the LSAT. Or, um, and the other thing is, and this is really important, um, this is not something. I've always, I always say this, you know, I feel very strongly about this. Studying for the LSAT is not something you could treat like a full-time job. Like, if someone's like, this is great. This is going to be my full-time job because I don't have to work right now and I got a whole summer or six months or whatever. The problem with that, though, is, right, I wouldn't want anyone to study for it for eight hours a day because this isn't like the shallow work of, oh, I'm answering emails. Oh, I'm answering the phone. Okay, I'm going to surf the net for a little bit when no one's looking or whatever. Right? That's not the way this is. This is very intense thinking. So I always say try to cap it at a certain amount of time, at a few hours a day, like a max, max I usually say to people is four hours. Maybe you could push it past that. But even when I say that to students, because everyone's so, you know, diligent and motivated, which is a great thing, then they're like, well, I'm only doing two hours. I don't know if I'm at three yet or four. Like, no, I'm just saying four should be your max. But when you work, it forces you to have that natural balance, which I think is helpful, not just in terms of right, like, cause your brain can only do so much, but psychologically just to have, you need other things in your life. Otherwise you'll drive yourself nuts. I've seen it do more harm than good with yeah. a lot of students. So I, I agree with your mom. I, I, <laughs> I think she's right, but that's just my humble opinion. And you know, the other, if I may, the other thing I want to say about that is right. You know, there, we don't want the perfect to be the enemy of the good, but particularly as we're studying for this, cause there's always going to be like, I could have done this. I could have done that. Would I like it if you were able to do this more? experimentals right i'm really glad you did experimentals but i always say to people i want you to do experimentals if you can't get an experimental that day in that day just do the pt without experimental try to do it but don't let the perfect the enemy of the good that the good still counts and i don't know anyone who does anything perfectly and the last thing i want to say that might be helpful to people out there listening and i think you might, might resonate with you is reasonable reasonable because i remember when i was getting ready for the exam like the few days before, and I'd be like, did I do everything? 
Did I do everything? Did I do everything? And it would drive me nuts and it would almost lead to self-sabotage where maybe it would keep me up and you need your sleep and all this other stuff. But instead of I'm going to do everything, did I reasonably do everything I could? Yeah, there's going to be sometimes I miss an experimental. Yeah, I wish I got some more stuff in. But reasonably overall that I do everything I could within, within the constraints that I had. And if you can say that, you're good. And, and you're not going to like push yourself and then just try to do too much and then end up t- exhausting yourself. And I, when you said that your mom made that point, I think she's right. Within the constraints that you had, you reasonably did what you could and should have done. And so I think it worked out. I think it kind of just maybe, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Yeah. Working. I think so. Um, but cool. And, and, um, here, just a few other things I, I want to, uh, so again, you're a reminder, right? Like, well, here, let's back up for a little bit. Um, one thing I want to ask is how did you feel? Well, I think I have an answer to this here, but like, I think it is important. How'd you feel going into the exam and how'd you feel after the exam? I'm going to assume that like you seemed realistically optimistic, but you also seemed okay. But I don't know if you pictured, oh, I'm definitely going to get this 173. And the, the reason I'm bringing this up is just because I think a lot of people leave an exam and then they're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. And then they go and cancel it when there's no perfect way to feel after the exam. Like, you never feel like, oh, everything's perfect. Like, even anyway, I'm answering the question. <laughs> I'm sorry. How did you feel after the exam? And going in, right? Yeah. Well, going um, in and how do you feel? How do you feel going in? How do you feel after? Yeah, so I would say like the week, I'll break this down into phases. I would say like the week or two going into the exam, I was feeling at ease, I would say. I was feeling like I didn't have to get my goal score. Like there's not a ton of pressure. Like I got August, I kept repeating that to myself. And, but I was also feeling optimistic, like you said. Like I was saying things like, you know, I think everything's in place that it's not likely, but it really could just all come together. Like if every single thing went right, you know, <laughs> which is kind of what happened where like, oh. I had a great LR section. I had 10 minutes left to go and answer like three or four more questions of, that I had flagged and skipped and to review quite, you know, it was just like, okay, perfect. That's, that's as well as I've ever, I was like, I got to review every single one in LR. I was like, I don't have a shadow of a doubt. This is a minus zero section. I didn't get a thing wrong. I'd be shocked, you know? That's how I felt. So that went right. I almost never make it through four logic games. I made it through all four, even though I didn't answer every question. You know, I skipped a couple and I guessed on them in the end because I ran out of time, but I did every game, right? And like those are the strategies, right? Like, I learned it and I did that. And then for reading comp, you know, I finished and I even got to review the question, my answers to the question. So it was like, I was feeling optimistic that that could happen, but it's like only one of those things was happening on each PT. It never had happened where they all coincided. <laughs> but I was feeling optimistic that like it could, and it did. And then in like, I would say going the day before the test, I was feeling like really anxious. Like mm. I, the night before, I just felt like things were terrible. Like I, I didn't have a good dinner or something. I just remember like having a shake, like things were just not going well. And I was like, I was like, this is bad. Like, this is, 
even before a PT, I'm usually, you know, like more well-rested than this. I was just feeling, and then my dog was like in all this pain from a vaccine and she couldn't be out with my partner, but had to be at home while I'm oh. taking the test. And it came home while I was in the middle of a section and I heard it. So going into it, I was feeling like the day before I was like, actually probably not going to come together could but not feeling <laughs> very optimistic about it and then just kind of miraculously when i was done people were asking me like oh how, how do you feel and i was like actually i don't remember it in a ton of detail but i think it went well <laughs> like i don't want to be too optimistic to the point where I like don't study for august or something <laughs> but i kind of was I didn't study until yesterday until I got my score. There was just like this feeling of like, I think it worked out. Um, like I kind of believe this and I'm kind of just going to bet on it. And I'm, but I'm not going to say it out loud. So I never like told anybody that yeah. it was just in my head of like, I don't want to jinx it, but I have a good feeling about this. Um, and now having my score, I think, um, it's a, it's a lot of mixed feelings. Like I'm processing it and like kind of overanalyzing it maybe, mm. but, but mostly just happy that I, I don't know that I went into it clearly with the right attitude ultimately. And that even though not everything went perfectly and there were some challenges the night before the morning of during like various things that were going wrong, I clearly prepared so well that, I handled those. You know, it was like, it was actually more beautiful than having everything like go right. So to speak, it's like what needed to go right, did go right. And I was able to let the rest of it go. Right. When things went wrong, I was able to let go. And that's the most important thing to have go right. And that's the only thing that I'm actually in control of on test day. Right. So yeah, that summarizes it, I think. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I love everything you said. And, and I'm not just – I'm really not just saying that. Like, you know, like the, the reason we practice, the reason we want to make these things habits is because, right, the more I can habituate things, then, yeah, there's a lot of things I can't control. But I can control what I can control. And the things I can't, I'm not going to cling to because it's not going to help me. Um Right. But like, and things will go wrong, but because I've gone through this, I'm prepared to control what I can control yeah. when things go wrong. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, the night before was not ideal. Every, all the stuff you were saying, you were not in good spirits. We were like, Hey, I'm prepped for this control. what I can control. And like, yeah, like when, when, when that stuff's not working out, that's when you having prepared kicks in because you're that much stronger because you've habituated a lot of this. And again, some of the things you thought might work really well may not, but still you prepare for that. Yeah. That's excellent. That's a great yeah. way to think about it. Like the night before I was distraught, I was like on the phone with my sister, I think crying at one point I was at Walgreens at like 9 PM buying earplugs for this thing. You know, I was like, <laughs> buying like power bars, like just not a pretty sight, <laughs> but I was able to let go and do a few deep breaths right before and just focus. Right. Like that's, that was key. So. You know, I want to add something that occurred. Something I try to tell people and may maybe this kind of, this might, it just might be an opportune moment. Like 
Um, when you're thinking about the things you don't like, or when you're thinking about the things that rattle you, you're not thinking about the exam. And so it's sort of Zen-like, you know, like I always tell people, like, if it's like, all oh, you know, like if, if I'm in the middle of a game and this game's really scary or whatever, right? Like, okay, right? If I keep thinking this game's scary, this game's scary, this game's scary, that's not going to serve me well. And easier for me to say, say than, you know, because I'm on the hot seat right this moment. But you almost want to be like, okay, I'm going to acknowledge these things. I'm not going to say this isn't bothering me or I'm thrilled about these circumstances or I love this game. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to acknowledge it, but then I'm going to focus on what I can control and focus on the work. And the reason that's so important is, one, you focusing on the work allows you to solve it. I can't, I can't solve the problem if I don't focus on how to solve the problem. But two, even brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So if I'm focusing on the problem in front of me, I'm not being distracted by all the things I don't like that I can't control. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't help but think of it when you said focus. I'm just going to go in, I'm going to focus, you know? I mean, I, it was like night and day compared to the first time I did the exam. I remember clearly the first exam that I did certain moments where I would like hear the phone ring in the house and just be like, the phone's like, just panic, like tunnel vision, kind of like the phone's ringing, the phone's ringing. I got to focus on this and just like spiraling and then there's like an ambulance and i'm like oh my gosh there's an ambulance. and there's like a dehumidifier and they're oh my gosh dehumidifier like my brain was just queuing into all these distractions because i was worried about them because i was like it's gonna distract me <laughs> i was distracting myself they were just there they were just happening it's fine i'm also breathing i'm not like thinking about that i'm breathing like there are multiple things happening it's okay I'm worried about the test. I'm worried about this question in front of me or this game. Like, um, so I do think like there are other practices in my life that have supported yeah. that attitude, that that ability to like notice and let go instead of notice and like hold on to it and focus and fixate, um, which are like meditation, cold showers, yoga. Mm -hmm movement just moving helps so much to be able to calm yourself later you know um so i think that's a whole thing to look into because it's it's much bigger than just the exam and that's what i was talking about at the very beginning of how this has really supported me in other areas of my life because being able to cultivate that skill of being able to focus and being able to let go of distractions i mean i think we can all use more of that oh yeah yeah yeah, and you know, it's funny, like, I mean, this is something that's going to, these things that you've cultivated, you know, some of which you were building on before, but certainly that you've been cultivating more with the exam, not only do you have them to use in law school, but throughout life, and again, I didn't even go to law school because I chose not to, and now I get to teach for a living, but I can think of similar things, right? Like, I mean, I used to, same exact thing, like, I let all these things distract me, and then the LSAT kind of forced me to a place of, okay, I can't control that. But if I focus on the problem in front of me, I get a twofer. I'm thinking about what I need to do to solve this question and get it right. And I'm not focused on this thing that I'm allowing to distract me. And then the other thing, if I may, like, you know, I think, you know, you and I had both, I remember you had mentioned you were familiar with meditation. I, um, I learned about it beforehand, but it never quite clicked for me until the outset. And only because for me, at least out of necessity, I'm like, I felt like I needed something to sort of, keep me 
grounded and in the right place. And then like, I, I just went back and then all of a sudden when I went and used some basic meditation stuff, it all clicked. But, um, oh no, it's just interesting. Did you meditate before the exam? And was, is there anything you think that might be helpful for our listeners or, and if not, that's no big deal either. I'm just curious. I didn't actually do it right before the exam and I haven't had a consistent meditation practice for a long time. And I didn't have a very consistent one during the studying process, mm. but I was doing it usually at least a couple times a week, if not like every day for a short amount of time, but it was inconsistent. You know, it was like mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes not, but I've learned to meditate in high school and I, in high school, I did meditate every day. Our entire school meditated together only for like two to five minutes. But that's actually all it takes, I would say. Mm. I mean, I'm not a really experienced, like, I'm not super into meditation, but I really think that even just a couple minutes a day, or even just doing it once a week, once a month, like, anything is something, like, with meditation. You don't have to be, like, meditating for an hour every day. Like, some people do it great. Like, I would say more is probably better, but (laughs) it's just a skill. Yeah. It's just something to practice. And the more you practice it, the better you're going to be at it. But even just a little bit, it teaches you and it carries over. It's not like okay, an hour after you meditate, you're going to be good at that. Like, no, like you could actually really struggle with it if you sure. haven't, you know, done it before. But it really, I think it's just something like a lesson that carries over when you learn how to do it. It's like riding a bike. I don't know. Yeah. Like this thing you can just do. <laughs> I found that it helped me be less distracted when I was in the middle of exams, and that's why I, I did it. And, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, even, yeah, well, we don't have to get too sidetracked into this, but it's just something you and I both kind of appreciate. Um, I found even like, I tell students now, like, you got a 10 minute break. And, you, you know, 10 minutes is only 10 minutes, but, you know, you want to do other things, you know, have a bite to eat, whatever. But if I'm sitting in, my, in front of my computer waiting for it to start up again, Right. And I got a minute left. I can count my breaths. Yeah. And just, you know, or stuff like that. Again, I won't we'll, we'll have to get into the mechanics of it. Just put a <laughs> link into something. But like, you know, it, it, it can be helpful. Um, so cool. Uh, I want to move on to some other stuff. But was there anything else you want to add about that? Um, I guess just that there are different types of meditations and all oh, you yeah. know, the different stuff. And just like I would encourage people to explore it and what works for them because I think it's really valuable, but I do think that, you know, different people might click with different techniques. Like for me, I love like body scanning Mm. as a quick thing. I love that. That's like super grounding for me. And I feel like the easiest way to practice that skill for me of like noticing what I'm feeling and then letting it go. Like Mm. that gives me that skill, you know, or like noticing breath. Like that's very simple, very basic. It's just like, okay, I'm just noticing it. Okay, letting it go, right? Um, but body scan I love as a as a beginner practice and something quick, like when you're doing the LSAT, for example, that you could just do that, right, during the break. Um, Is body scan the one where you're like, okay, you know, clench your, clench your fist, now let it relax? Oh, I don't do, I don't move my body. It's oh, literally okay. like, scanning and like noticing like what my body feels like or like where there's tension and like trying to like release or let it or not even do anything but just notice like oh there's tension there and that like that practice of just like noticing things in your body and then just letting it go like not like oh i have to fix this but just like okay i'm aware of that now and we can move on like that's really helped me 
I think that's the skill in meditation that helped me on the LSAT, right? Whereas like, if the phone rings or something, I'm just like, okay, the phone's ringing. And that's all. Like just an acknowledgement. I don't need to ignore it. I don't need to do anything to manipulate. I don't need to fix it or like manipulate anything. It's just like notice and move on. Um, I think that's the most like transferable for me skill from meditation to like something like the LSAT where you have to like find, like keep focused and not be distracted. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's a great, great point. I mean, like, yeah. And again, I've, I've, done some different ones but i think that element of it is you know there might be some parallels but that element i think is very important right because it's just like yeah like if, the, if i'm taking this exam and all of a sudden there's construction work outside right if i just yeah i don't want to let's be realistic right like i'm not gonna lie to myself oh there's no construction work outside no there's construction work outside yeah but if i just acknowledge it it's almost mm-hmm. like you know, you're telling that little baby, this is going to sound really weird, but you're telling that little toddler, you know, I see you. It's okay. It's okay. Right. Like if you're telling yourself, Hey, you know, I know there's construction work outside. I'm validating my feelings. Let me move forward. I've acknowledged it. So now I can focus yeah. on what I want to focus on. I'm like, probably not explaining this in the best way, but I, I see what you make. You explained it way better. I mean, I would make a direct comparison from my first test to this one. My first test, there was like the ambulance and the phone. And I was doing two things back and forth. One, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. This is distracting. And the other was like, just ignore it. Just ignore it. And it was like this back and forth in my brain of like, <laughs> fixate, ignore, fix it. Like I have to react to this in some way. It's demanding my attention and I'm letting it. I'm like, yes, I'm engaging with this, you know? And then this time it's like, for example, there was yard work, weed whacker going like super loud right outside my window for like the first like 20 minutes of my exam or something that started like after five minutes too. So it was like all of a sudden this thing starts and I'm like, Oh God, you know, like this is that's a great time for it to start. Right. And then I was, but I was just like, it's just happened. Like, just like, let it go. You know, I was like, that is a noise. (laughs) That is a noise outside my window, (laughs) but uh, I have nothing to do with it. I can't change it. Right. So it's like that shift in perspective, nothing, in my environment was actually any different. It was just a mental shift of how I treated that, right? That distraction. And just like, not let it be a distraction. Just let it be like, could have been a bird or like the wind and like, doesn't matter. <laughs> Has no bearing on this test. That was stated perfectly. And that, that yes, excellent. And the only thing I wanna, I get it, I get it. And, and I've been there, right? I, I, I had a similar shift um, I think for a lot of people, it might sound pretty intuitive because we're just saying basically <laughs> acknowledge it, you know, and part of it is like, I guess anyone out there listening, kind of like you said, there's different types of meditation, find what works for you, find what clicks. But for anyone who's out there, I don't know if this is possible. I think a lot of people are going to get it. And it's going to be intuitive, but there might be some person that's like, gee, I want that. But how any, any thoughts on, on how, uh, like if there's any like concrete things that they could do to sort of help them get from the place you were at the way you described the first exam versus the latter one or do you feel like it's a little more complex than that i think it it i think it depends on the person in a way yeah i I think i think it really depends i think that if you find it really difficult there are some concrete things that you can do and i think meditation is the like the easiest one actually (laughs) of like because it's so many types of meditation just a huge part of it is this skill yeah. 
nothingness, right? Body scanning, being aware of the breath, noticing emotions or thoughts, like people would describe uh, to like begin their meditation, like thoughts passing like clouds, right? Just imagine mm. whatever you're thinking about, like it's a cloud, acknowledge it, let it go. Like just practicing this non-reactivity, non-attachment, but not ignoring because that's a reaction too, right? Just letting it be, beholding your thoughts, right? I love that word, like behold. Like I'm just mm. not like focusing on it. It's just, it's there. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I think that meditation is the, just the easiest one, but I think there are other things you can do to support your kind of like mental um, clarity, <laughs> like let's yeah. say, so like yeah. regular exercise, like yeah. it just helps to kind of like clear some space to slow down your thinking, to regulate your body. Like it teaches you to regulate your body in a, not in a, not where your brain's kind of controlling it, but like where your body is influencing mm. you like the other way around. And same with cold showers, I think are really something that I really like is cold immersion where you're like, okay, here's this tiny stressor, right? Um, like you know, it's not going to kill you. It's not like some big traumatic thing to take a cold shower, but it is like stressful. Your body's like, ah, I don't, I don't like this. Um, and then you're just like learning to breathe through that and just like, choose something like the breath and just focus on, okay, I'm just going to breathe, focus on breathing. Right. And notice it's cold. Right. But like, I'm still breathing. I'm okay. I'm right? not letting it. Continue. And I'm in control and yeah. I get to decide what to focus on. And the cold isn't necessarily bad. Right. And like leaning yeah. into it. Um, so those are some things that I like to do, but I'm sure there are a lot of different strategies that people could use. Right. So I want to real quick, go back to what you're saying. Cause I remember when you first said, Hey, I didn't necessarily meditate the day of or yeah. potentially even the week of, but I've meditated before and I think that's helpful. And I'm thinking, well, how, but now it's clicking for me because I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I don't even remember if I meditated that. I think I might've, but like, because I've meditated before, I'm used to the idea of, and I think it's a common thing. There are different types of meditation, but if anyone who's listening out there has done any, or if you're about to do some, a common thing that they'll say is they'll give you say either, maybe they'll say, focus on your breath or keep repeating a mantra. But they'll also say for something very similar to what you said, right? Maybe even though you're supposed to focus on your breath or a mantra or a count or whatever, if a distraction comes to mind or if there's like a thought cloud, we're not gonna swat at it. We're not gonna force it. We'll acknowledge it. And then, but you know, give preference to, I don't know, your mantra or your breaths or whatever. Because if I try to resist that thought too much, right, it's like kind of like what you were saying when you were in the exam, right? This construction's going on, so now I'm fixating on it. Now I'm trying to think about it, and I'm just going back and forth. But if I just, like you said, behold it, and yeah. then, right, I give preference to what I want to focus on, it's much easier for it to not, for me to not allow it to consume me, if I'm making any sense. Yeah, totally. Thank you for listening. One tip to use your time with this podcast effectively. Take a look at the list of previous episodes. They're named by topic, so you can prioritize your listening based on specific areas where you need help the most. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe, share these episodes with friends, 
If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's jdlsat.com. That's jdlsat.com.